Well, hello again. It is Paul from Ski Instructor Academy. I'm here with Andy from Snow Camps Europe, and we are crawling and trolling through the, all the uh, comments that we uh, get and trying to tackle a few. So we're going to generally put a couple together here, um, Andy. I'm going to look at money that a ski instructor can make, but later, um, before that, we're going to talk about first quickly the investment that you have to put in yep. to get to be a ski instructor, etc. Mm-hmm. What do you reckon? Well, um, there's different factors that can make it, it yeah it can make <laughs> it more expensive or less expensive. One one of the one of the main things is which association you go with um, and how far up the ladder you want to get. Because obviously, if you want to go all the way to level four, it's going to cost you more than if you just want to get to level two and then not progress any further. Also, what's going to come into play is if you go on to a, a pre-course if you go and do some training beforehand and whether you do a training course before your level one your level two your level three and your level four um, I, I think i can in, you know interject there a bit because in this modern day what i see is people between 18 and let's say 30 they want to do everything they can to get as high as possible through the ranks, as quick as possible, mm-hmm. and as cost-effectively as possible, and at the cost, without them realising, of experience. I do see older people invest in their idea of what their career might be, you know, when they're in their 50s and 60s as a ski instructor. They want to do as much training as possible, as much high-quality and high-cost training doesn't bother them. They tend to be wanting to invest in themselves because they know that it's not just about getting to the level fast, but it's about having the most knowledge at that level. So in other words, Mm -hmm. as we recognize all the time, we can have level fours that are literally 10 times worse than a level one. The level one guy is much better instructor. He's invested in his uh, qualification, but more importantly in his, in his life as a person. Yeah, he has a knowledge. lot, yeah, his knowledge there mm-hmm. just outstretches the level four guy. Mm-hmm. So don't be, you know, thinking that a, a lady or a man that has this high level qualification for is the right person as a coach because the, the ski system doesn't have, how can I put this without sounding derogatory? Uh, ski associations tend not to have like the discipline of a doctorate or something. You know, they're not like trying to make sure everybody understands every parameter about the human body, the human mind, the human, the concepts of coaching and teaching the concepts of skiing. They're really just trying to tick some boxes to say, oh, they can do a wedge turn or a plow turn. They can now do a parallel turn and sort of explain it. They can do a bit of carving or short turns and they can do this and that's then boxes ticked. Mm -hmm. And let's add a little sprinkle of how you teach um, and a little sprinkle of this. And now you're a level four. Um, Yeah, I've said this before tend to, to, you know, in my experience, um, no matter what I'm doing in life, I tend to trust the guy with the grey hair as opposed to the young whippersnapper who can fly down the piste. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think we've we've covered that off on, on a previous video, haven't we? But yeah. um, get, getting back to the cost, um, as you say, it can be as inexpensive or as expensive as you want, really. It's how much you want to invest. And on top of that, as Andy said, on associations has a bearing on it. Um, you know, it is well known that some of the European qualifications 
um, are cheaper to get through the ranks than, for example, it would be with a Basie or a, a qualification like the Irish Association, where there's a lot of modules involved, a lot of travel, because obviously they don't, you know, you gen- generally find yourself travelling to ski resorts and then having to pay accommodation. And then if you add on some extra training, so if you are moving into your level three, I don't know what the situation is now in, let's say, a course... Um, in Basie, for example, you used to have to do a race qualification as well, etc. Mm-hmm. Most people would have to train to get their understanding of racing because most people haven't done ski racing, for example. And it, it, it's still a, a bit of a, I find it a bit weird because all that effort it takes for people to do the Euro test, for example, and all the, the problems that come with the Euro test, i.e. injury and etc. well, as you well know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is would that time and effort not be better spent in actually making a better ski instructor from the biomechanical point of view, the mechanics of skiing, for what they're likely to do with 99.99999% of their guests, as opposed to doing a, a ridiculous race for what? For what reason are we doing the race? Are oh, we doing it because some people can pass and go? Well, of course, it's really it's a, it's a, it's a threshold. It shows somebody's got the capabilities. No, it does not. Um, my best trainers are definitely not my Euro test, test trainers. That's how I see it. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, everyone knows my thoughts on the Euro test. Partly because I just think it's ridiculous, and partly because I've wrecked my knee trying to achieve it. So, yeah. Um, and again, yeah. And, and again, if you are, if you are, this is this is a aspect of the exams that can swallow a lot of money. I spent quite a lot of money on race camps trying to get to the level that it would take to pass that race and that money would have been as you said w- w- way better spent on other things um yeah. because, because you've invested in trying to get to that 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 line that tick box mm. when once you had done that the benefit ratio would have not been as great if that time had been spent in learning to do variable terrain, learning about biomechanics or learning about coaching techniques and standards yeah. and learning how to deal with difficult uh, people who are difficult to coach or, you know, Sports psychology, anything yeah. really. We could list a million subjects, you yeah. know, you might as well read the Quran. So it's like, this is the issue is that, don't get me wrong, the, what this Eurotest favours generally is people who are locals, who are born in ski resorts and have been doing this all their life. Yep. Who it doesn't favour is somebody who comes into ski instructing as a sabbatical or later in life where they want to do it as a retirement job and all of a sudden they look and go, well, that level is never achievable. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm never going to get there. Don't worry about that because the level you want to achieve is your expertise can fall in a different area. You may not be to go through the giant slalom course as quick as him, but what you can do is you can improve your psychology, your sports psychology, your mechanics, your etc. You can improve your communication skills as a coach. That is valuable. That's valuable to me. Um, whereas somebody who can go quick with their guests is not a valuable ski trainer. Mm. So the cost of it, anyway, we can, we can say, yeah, it can go from 14,000 um, for somebody who wants to do it on the cheap right the way through to the level four with certain associations. And it can cost you well in excess of 40,000 if you want to go with other associations and literally tick every module box and invest a little bit in it. Um, this is the issue. What Andy said at the start is probably the most sensible thing is get yourself to a level two 
because really after that it's a little bit to do with ego and you know it's not as necessary as you think financially the extra wage you're going to get to go into a level three you're probably already lost trying to get from a two to a three (laughs) quite quite possible yeah quite possible And and that takes us on to the second part of this is someone's asked um and it is is it reese reese v is that how you say that R-H-Y-S-E-V. He's asked, how much money can you save working a ski season in Austria as a level two teacher? So someone actually replied, it depends how much beer you drink, um, which is going to be a big factor, I would expect. Um, but a level two teacher is probably going to earn between 1000 and 1500 depending on where they work, um, depending on your ski school, if you have ski school accommodation. They you're, normally- you're reading a comment here. You're not saying this. That wasn't your version. You're reading his yeah, reply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So reply. I'm, I'm right. saying the reply basically the reply says, do, do, how much beer are you going to drink? That's and very uh, sweeping statement. Either yeah. way, not loads. And then he yeah. says, if you're working consistently, you're going to be getting 1,000 to 1,500 euros a month, which... In Austria, um, there is a standard contract um, that is given to all level two ski instructors. Um, it's, it can't be adjusted in any way. You know, it's a set contract. After that, obviously, there could be people might get more because they've been there longer at the ski school bonuses. I'll tell you the story simple is when I'm dealing with people who are coming to do their first season, I'm very honest and say it's an investment. Mm-hmm. Do not expect a to make any money or save any money as such because as this guy points out as well he says like it depends how much you work of course it does and that goes from season to season ski school to ski school you don't know what the snow is going to be you don't know if it's going to be a pandemic you don't know any of those parameters like how nature is going to affect that season secondly um ski schools they're just different some ski schools can put somebody and make them busy from day one to the last day they leave and other ski schools will have people sitting around for 90 percent of the season doing no work yeah and if you're not getting if you're not doing any work you're not getting any pay which is the problem that we can come back to um about brexit for example andy just to add back into that is <laughs> the reason again. ski schools don't <laughs> want to employ english people this season is because if they did employ you they are forced therefore not to deregister you they have to keep you employed and paid no matter what mm-hmm. from the start to the end of the season now with an eu passport holder they could deregister and re-register people through the season to save costs so if they know two weeks in january are quiet they go hey andy go off and ski for yourself a bit have a bit of a chill yeah. we'll, we'll get you back in february but yeah, but what that actually means is you're not going to get paid for the next two weeks. <laughs> Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not getting any <laughs> but, money. But, but they they dress it up just as Paul dressed it up. Go yeah. and have a ski for two weeks. Have, enjoy yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this is another reason why they don't want to employ people who require visas, i.e., third nation people. Whereas with the countries in Europe, you can deal with them slightly more flexible, well, a lot more flexibility in dealing with them. Financially, what you earn is fixed from. And look, you hear different stories. You know, some people go, oh, but you. Make I don't know 25 or 30 euros an hour in this France or in this place in Switch. Be careful about all those stories. Um, I think the guys generally on the right um, area of saying, look, especially first season-ish, you know, you can say that if you did work a full four-week period of that month, 
Um, and remember, when we say work, most ski inst instructors are either doing five, possibly six days, and they are work as in nine till three mm -hmm. in the afternoon. So it's a very short day. You might make a thousand to one thousand five hundred euros in your hand. The big problem what people don't realize is, as um, a lot of people found out later on, is you get heavily taxed. Um, in most countries because they don't know what your tax bracket is. So they just tax you at basic rate. Mm -hmm. And they rely upon the fact that 90% of these people will not claim that tax back because yeah. it's a very complicated process or they make it yeah, they a make very it complicated. complicated process. Yeah. Um, and when I first claimed my tax back after about four years of not doing it because I didn't know how to do it until eventually met an Austrian who could walk me through it, I think I got back about three and a half thousand euros mm -hmm. um, that was just lost in taxes that I didn't need to pay yeah so because you're losing it and this is the issue is as soon as you've worked here in austria even if it is for four four months of one year is a gap year you actually have a pension here mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know okay maybe one one euro a month yeah. but you have a pension here you have rights you know for that and um, so there's all these these hidden factors um but the basic thing is you're not going to get rich being ski instructor um yes if you're in the industry like you know like let's take you andy you know you've been in the industry um the second time round for well what is it 10 years 10 years yeah 10 years you know how to work and manipulate the system now mm -hmm. but, you know that was something that you did really quick because you're good at manipulating the system you know how to do that with other jobs with a life yeah but if you're 1920 you're probably going to not suss on to the the tricks you know yeah. where to get the extra bonus from mm -hmm. how to get a bit of commission how mm -hmm. to you know where do i get that extra that 10 euros matters that five euros matters yes it does in a ski instructor wage now i just as an add-on because you know i don't teach anymore but um please tip your ski instructor if he's good because he yes. doesn't get paid well Yes. Like it's one job where you can tip in. They're getting they're getting a crap wage, and I know you might have just paid, you know, for a private. I don't know what it is two hundred and two thirty five a day, something like that. Two thirty five for a private. Yeah. Look, even if you give the lad five euros, I know ten would be better. But if even five, honestly, he will massively appreciate that five euros because that's yeah. a better beer, you know, or whatever for the end of the day. Um, and don't buy them alcohol. Don't buy them a bottle of beer at the end of the week or a bottle of whiskey, whatever, at the end of the week. Give them the money instead, to be honest mm -hmm. with you, because that's what they're begging for. They need a few extra quid to get some new gloves to get... Because that's the other thing. All your, all your equipment... Yeah, you get a uniform, but they're not giving you, like, gloves, goggles, no. helmets. How many goggles have you scratched from your client? Yeah. Like, you know, who's bumped into you or poked a ski pole in your face or yeah. something. And you look at, you'll get, a, you'll get a, a new ski teacher will turn up this November. They'll buy a new pair of skis. By the middle of February, them skis are wrecked. Yes, yeah, from all the over, kids yeah. trampling on them, people skiing over them, et cetera, et cetera. I remember my first season, um, 45 pounds it uh, it was shillings but it equated to 45 pounds i got 45 pounds a week now granted i had my food and my board was paid for and it was all school groups every week was an english school group and every week was a bottle of schnapps at the end of the week mm. and i could have so much i could have done way more better with 
10 pounds at the end of each week rather than a bottle of schnapps because you just don't drink the schnapps you know um and it's it's great thought and the kids have all put their their money in together to buy you that bottle of schnapps but it's kind of like just give me the money money. give me the money please Um, give me the money (laughs) and uh yeah and and that my first season back then i didn't save a penny on that season um and that's answering the question isn't it you can see how desperate we are for the money at that stage and don't like if you've got this weird um thought in your head that you're going to go off and do a course with anyone and they're telling you you're going to make some money out of it just be a little bit wary that said there are exceptions Mm -hmm. to the rule Mm -hmm. and a good exception with us is what we find and look you're talking to the world's biggest ski instructor and snowboard training company so we know we train thousands of people and what we found is that if you do need to make money and you want to pay your course back japan basically do a course here in austria train get all your level now why am i telling you first to do a course in austria and then fly in december to japan to work well because there's a lot of companies that will try and con you into saying ah go to japan and do the training in japan and be an instructor thereafter what they failed to mention is there's no snow in japan Mm -hmm. no it's very rare for japan to have snow in time for you to do enough training to make you good at your job Mm -hmm. before the japanese ski schools want you because they want you about the seventh or eighth the very latest because they do a lot of coordination which is great the ski school does do a lot of effort to make you good at understanding the guest However, how on earth are you supposed to do an exam on December the 1st or 2nd, for example, or even earlier, the end of November, Mm. when actually there's sometimes not even a flake of snow at that stage? Mm. So what we find better is, first you come to Austria, you do your level one and two, so now you're ahead of everybody. When you fly out on December the 1st, you're now flying out as a fully fledged and equipped ski instructor when you arrive there and the ski school can absorb you into their coordination program and to come back to the point is we find that people who go to japan intelligently can actually come away with money you can actually turn around and say they'll get paid between two and two and a half thousand (laughs) euros a month even as a fledgling instructor so that would pay for that course you've done and allow you to have up some spending money and the whole season can cost you nothing. So my recommendation, you know, cost is an issue is do our Japanese courses, which, okay, because of COVID this year are seriously affected, but next year they won't be because you can train and then you can go off and actually invest in your training time as opposed to doing what companies might encourage you to do, which is a shit and a shaved like literally course where they want you to come arrive in Japan and two days later start an exam. Mm. How on earth do you have the experience to actually start an exam that quick? And I'd question the fact that if people are passing them exams, I'm not so sure suspect, about that. Yes. What's quite funny is when everyone turns up in November for courses, you can quite quickly identify the person who is going to leave with no money at the end of the season. <laughs> and you can pick out the one or two that you're saying, they might leave with a few euros in their pocket. Yeah. Why is that? That's because ski schools also identify who's got a bit of this yes. in their head a bit and yeah. actually think, hey, this guy's good. Yeah. Because let's face it, Andy, how easy was it for you to be good 
it wasn't it was so easy because there's so much crap yeah. like there's so many people turning up pissed late um you know unreliable mm-hmm. not good at the job not connecting with the client you know coming in and and having their group go from 10 to 9 to 7 to yeah. By the, over the week yeah, yeah by the third day they're down to like the last two people what the hell happened to the other eight people that boss looks at that and goes this guy's obviously not good with groups mm. you know he can't cope whereas you know if you've got a group of 10 and you finish with 12 you go where the <laughs> hell did these extra two pop up from yeah, yeah they've come from the other guy's group who, uh, yeah. who won't ski with anymore so you mm. are rewarded if you're good at your job yep. there's no doubt about it yep and unfortunately, in this day and age, there's that sideline if you're going to work within Europe where languages become an issue, as opposed to if you're working in, I know it sounds weird in Japan, because Japan's generally English, you know, you're mm-hmm. just teaching English people. Um, how many English people are here in Europe to be taught is obviously less mm-hmm. in the sense of there's a lot of instructors whose second languages are English and they're very good at English anyway. So the ski school thinks, oh, I might as well have that person who speaks, um, let's say, Swiss or Danish or Polish than, and their second language is English as opposed to have an English person who's very good at English, mm-hmm. but they don't really have any control over a second language. Yeah. Um, and that's, that becomes an issue as well. So the skill sets needed to be an instructor will reflect your wage. Mm. basically is how much how many extra bonuses can you see so for example one of the big bonuses would be oh you know if i am with a ski school that has a partnership with let's say a ski hut or a ski shop yeah there's a good way to make money yeah straight away because that can make you more money in a day mm-hmm. than you could have made from your ski instructor because there's some guy tells you oh i'd love to buy a set of skis and boots and you go off oh, great do you mind if i take you in because i can get the the recommendation and that's how you can start adding to that really poor wage and then in years you get more money because you get good yeah yeah it um yeah you become you become more than a ski instructor you become more more than a ski instructor that that's the big issue you cannot afford to be a ski instructor anymore yeah You've got to be this host, haven't you? Yeah. That is the most important thing. So there you go. There are ways that you would be able to leave with some money at the end of the season. But on the first season, chances are you might just break even. I've done it again, haven't I? Mm. <laughs> As Andy finishes off, he starts to fall asleep. So he just backs off from the Keep mic. Keep moving away from the mic. We will see you on, uh, here on you in the next one. Thanks very much for joining us. See you and now, leave boys. your comments below.